Hey, welcome to TBT's podcast. I'm Dan Friel. On this edition, we've got a great special guest. In fact, he's on the line with me right now, Jordan Schultz of Yahoo Sports, and more importantly, Team Fancy. Jordan, how are you today? Dan, yeah, doing great, my friend. Thank you. Jordan, I wanted to touch base with you as a member of the media, but also as a member of a team participating in TBT Super 16. And start off with just your thoughts and impressions of TBT as an event, uh, and, and specifically what you've seen this year in 2017. Well, Dan, when I started last year, um, you know, I wasn't exactly sure what to expect, and I really enjoyed the process. So when we came back this year, uh, A, I was hoping our team would, would win a game or two and, and felt good about it. But B, I was really curious to see, you know, the difference in how a year would uh, would translate. And, and one of the things I noticed really fast uh, before we even played a game was that the quality of the players and the quality uh, of the, the overall game itself, the basketball, had increased, um, you know, relatively significantly. And that surprised me because, you know, I figured you might it might be a little better. But I, I just thought right away that, that the players were a lot better. Uh, and, and that there was just another level of intensity. Team Fancy has really reloaded from last year to this year. I think last year, uh, playing in TBT's Northeast Regional, maybe showed up a little bit shorthanded. I think there were only six or seven guys that dressed. Uh, but then this year has really kind of come forward with a tremendous team, you know, featuring some really top-notch talent, including Scott Machado and Delroy James. What do you think is the biggest jump that you've seen this year in terms of why Team Fancy is, is yeah. advancing now to the Super 16? Well, well, we knew last year that that we were we didn't we struggled with size, and uh, what happened last year was our, our bigs got in foul trouble early, and that impacted the game significantly. And I probably had to play more than uh, the coach would have liked. Uh, but this year going in, uh, we wanted more size, and that was the first thing. So, you know, we added some significant depth up front, um, different pieces, and definitely. Uh, now with Mike Glover coming back, that's going to make a huge impact. He had 37 and 20 his junior year on Syracuse, so he's a monster. And you know we have bona fide, you know NBA type players, and um, it's not just in the front court with with Mike or um, you know some of our our bigs who can really stretch it out and shoot it like Ryan Pearson. But but now we have two guards in in, in Scott Machado and, and Jamal Nixon who are both really high level players. I mean Scott played in the NBA. Uh, multiple years, and he, he the biggest difference from last year to this year, I would actually say, is a point guard, um, aside from everything else. We had Vincent Council last year who led the Big East in assists all, all time, but was kind of uh, aloof in terms of the turnovers and really struggled um, defensively. But with Scott, you know, he he's given us that extended coach on the floor, and he's been unbelievable. I mean, he really has been sensational in two games, controlling the game, playing at his tempo, and obviously Zamal can really score. And then you bring off bring off the bench Shane Gibson, who we had last year, who was great, can really, really shoot the ball. And, you know, that that core rotation of those three guards has been enormous. And it sounds like as you guys head into Brooklyn for the Super Sixteen on Thursday night, the twentieth, uh, that you're gonna actually get some of these guys that were not bring able to make it. Back, sure. Yeah, exactly. You're saying from the from the roster, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Mike so Lover. We, well, yeah, exactly with Mike Glover. What well, we thought we were going to we were going to get Alan Ray it would have been huge. I know you guys thought it would have been great, right? Having yeah. the Villanova. Oh, action. for sure. Yeah. Uh, we wanted that, but I think what happened with him was um, that his agent was worried about an injury because he's trying to get him a big deal. And you know, I, I imagine on your end that it's tough because you don't know exactly who's going to show up, right? Well, it's you know that's one of the huge variables. You know, it just I, I always say this when I talk to GMs and people that are organizing teams is that it seems like ninety percent of success in TBT 
is attributable to who you can get to actually show up and put on a uniform. And in a lot of ways, you know, maybe not in terms of salary caps and things like that, but in a lot of ways, being a TPT GM presents a lot more challenges than even being an NBA GM. You know, how hard is it to convince Gordon Hayward oh, to yeah. sign for $32 million? You know what I mean? Like, that's not a yeah. tough sell. But you're trying to get, you know, a guy like Delroy James, who in most respects is, is an NBA talent, makes a lot of money overseas and, and plays in some of the best leagues in the world. But you're trying to tell him, hey, come down to Philly, play with us for the weekend, and maybe you'll have a chance at winning, you know, 150000 <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. a tough sell. So, Absolutely. you know, all the credit in the world to the GMs that can do that. Delroy James is an NBA player. I mean, I, 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 you know, at six six nine, left-handed to handle the ball and score like he does, and we were really surprised. I think that we could get him. That's exactly right because you have you have a lot of guys that are playing at super high levels. I mean, Scott played in the ACB last year. Guys are making significant six-figure checks. Um, obviously, you never want somebody to get injured. That's a concern. And then, like you said, with schedules, like just with Mike Glover. He was playing in a championship in Mexico last week, so he couldn't come. We had to get here for him to make it. And obviously, we, you know, we were fortunate enough to do it, but uh, I agree. I mean, the, the team we put together now is drastically different than the team Griffin put together uh, four months ago. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, Jordan, one of the things I want to talk about, too, was sort of your history with basketball. Um, you know, I, th- I know that you played in college. I was hoping you can kind of take us through that a little bit. Sure. You know, what has the sport meant to you growing up? Um, you know, things like that. Well, for me, you know, Dan, I, I just love basketball and I love the culture around it and the camaraderie and everything about it. And when I was growing up in Seattle, there was such a hotbed of talent. We had legitimate, you know, NBA players that I was around. And um, it started really to pick up for me in, in eighth, ninth grade. I, when I, I made the varsity as a freshman, and I really decided then that I was going to go all in with basketball and kind of um, give up baseball. I was, I was all, first team all-conference in baseball as a sophomore and just decided to move on from it. And that's when basketball really hit home. And then with the AAU circuit starting, I started to surround myself with great players. Like We had Brandon Roy in our program, who obviously was an all-NBA player, and Martel Webster, who was a lottery pick, and just a lot of players in Seattle, Jamal Crawfords, Nate Robinson, Terrence Williams, Spencer Hawes, just one after another. And what happened was, is I started being around players that I, I knew were going to play in the NBA, and, and it actually inspired me, even though I knew I wasn't going to play in the NBA, it inspired me to really want to work a lot harder, because I wanted to at least play in college and go from there. So um, once that happened, I really uh, got excited by the fact that coaches, albeit not Pac-12 coaches, but coaches would were calling me every day and coming to games every day or every game in high school, and that that really meant a lot to me because I had never, it was the first time in my life when, where like you're actually wanted, you know, by a school to, mm-hmm. to have that opportunity was really cool, even though it wasn't at the elite division one level. So then you ended up playing in college, right? Did you play, did you go to Occidental yeah. first or how did that work? No. So what happened was my senior year, uh, my, my senior year, we went downstate for the first time in school history, which was a big deal. And what, I was, that, what does that mean? So downstate, that must be a Washington term, right? Exactly. Yeah. Like you're going south. It's actually like southeast, but it's like down state. Okay. You know, so it's, yeah, it's like a Washington term, essentially. I guess some in some, in some state tournaments, it's like Norris going upstate yeah. or whatever. But in ours, we played in Yakima, which is the Sun Dome, which is in the middle of nowhere, about three and a half, four hours from Seattle. But our school had never had any tangible basketball success, Dan. And, um, 
we, we were not a basketball school. We were an academic school uh, and a soccer school. So when, when we actually did it, uh, it was an incredible experience because nobody thought we were going to do it. And, and I'm not even sure I did. But in the loser out winner to state game, the final opportunity in the, in the district tournament, um, I had 21 points in the first quarter on five of five threes. And I had an unbelievable experience because that was like on my shoulders. And it was the first time when like I basketball became like in that in that respect, like bigger than anything, because I, going to state tournament was like playing in game seven in the NBA finals. It was just something I'd always wanted to do and never really sure I was going to. So long story short, that helped propel me with some more schools and um, I was actually supposed to go to Willamette Division Three school and decided uh, last minute in August, and this is a crazy story, that I wasn't ready to leave home and I didn't want to go to Salem, Oregon. So this is like a month before you were supposed to go to school? Three weeks before school. And it was uh, it was a disastrous situation because I had developed a relationship with the head coach and it was, I, it was the hardest phone call I ever had to make. Uh, he, he started crying on the phone a little bit and it was just a, it was a disaster. I felt so badly. But I wasn't ready to leave home and for whatever reason, it, it took me uh, till August working their summer camp to figure that out. So then I had to kind of reshot myself because I, you know, all these all these spots have been filled, scholarships, walk-ons, everything was filled, and I had to call up. What I did was I called up Seattle U, which was at the time a, a really quality D two, and um, eventually soon after was going full Division one, which they are now. Uh, and I had to call up the coach who did not recruit me. And I said, uh, you know, he was, he was kind of aware of me and he just said, why don't you come in and, and work out with our team for like two weeks in the summer and at middle of August. And, you know, I'll get a report from the guys. And if they say you can play at this level, um, you know, I'll have you basically like you're an invited walk on. So I did that and I, I played pretty well. And, uh, that's exactly what happened. They ended up having me on as an invited walk on and, um, that's where, that's where I was for two years. So then it seems like to me, you know, without really knowing you too well, Jordan sports and specifically basketball has kind of been not only a motivating force, but an inspirational one with respect to kind of what you've done post college. I mean, is that too much to say? It's, it's absolutely correct, Dan. Uh, it's everything I always wanted to do was be around it because I knew I wasn't going to play in the NBA and I had this kind of pipe dream that I was going to go to Europe. Uh, especially after Occidental, and, and just do a European career, which, which my best friend and high school teammate did. Um, but I just decided it wasn't for me. I didn't want to pursue it anymore. Uh, and I just, sports was everything. So I figured, why not stay in it? And then I wanted to really pursue it with, with from a journalism perspective. So then you get into journalism, and does that history, having been sort of the invited walk-on, then the player at Occidental that you became, I mean, is that something that ultimately informs you as a writer? Like, do you feel like you yeah. have a different perspective on it having played at a, at a relatively high level? Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't necessarily buy in the argument, Dan, when people say, well, he didn't play, he can't cover it, but I do think it helps a lot. I think I really do. I think it helps a lot. Understand the camaraderie, understand how players feel and then just understanding the game. You know, I love covering all sports, but there's a real special connection to basketball. And that to me has been a big difference. And, and, I, I hope how I how I cover it and, and how I write and talk about it, just because all of these basketball terms and experiences and feelings that I feel like guys go through, I, I, I went through, especially because I wasn't good enough to play uh, at, you know, 
a school like Washington where I really wanted to play. And I wasn't good enough to play in the D league where I tried out and, you know, I made the second round and got cut or go to Europe. I just wasn't good enough. So I experienced it. How does the, the role that you're playing on, well, first off, I want to ask this, how did you get hooked up with team fancy to begin with? And explain if you can, you know, what fancy actually is. Well, you know, I'm all, I'm all about the TVT, Dan. I, I'm a big <laughs> fan of what you guys are doing. And so the first two years I watched it and I was like, I got to get in this tournament. Like, I don't even care if I'm, if I play, I just need to find a way in. Yeah. And, uh, I loved it. I loved everything about it, especially in the summer. And anyways, uh, my, my brother-in-law knew the, uh, the CEO of fancy. And he said, you know, he's a big hoops fan. Why don't you meet him? So we sat down and we talked hoops and that was, uh, about two years ago. And he said, well, we're playing in the rucker this summer. And, uh, why don't you come play with us? So I did it last summer and practice. And I, I guess I played well enough you know, where I, they felt like I could, I could come in and fill a role. What was and that? So, well, hold on. I'm going to stop right there for one sec, not to interrupt, but what was that experience like coming from Seattle and then playing in Rucker? Well, that must have been mind-blowing. It was It was mind-blowing. We, we, we walk up to this outdoor gym, and music is so loud. I'm totally out of my element. I don't know any of these people. Uh, only guy, I don't even know people on my team. I don't know anybody. And... I'm starting to see all of a sudden guys doing crazy, like dunk, dunk, crazy dunks. And, you know, you got the MC guy yelling Hannibal. Uh, it's just like a crazy experience because I had seen this on TV and it's the Rucker Park. And I, like I said, I really didn't know anybody, including the coach and Griffin, you know, Griffin, the coach, he's yelling and he's talking about how I'm going to play 25 minutes. And I told him, well, <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> maybe, maybe 10. And so, it was a really cool experience, um, and I, I did it. I did two games with, at the Rucker. Unfortunately, uh, haven't got, haven't got a chance to do more. But it was everything you, you'd expect in terms of the crowd and the energy. So then, from that point, it carried over into when they entered TBT in twenty sixteen. Right, so, okay, right, exactly. And, and this was actually all last summer. And uh, uh, what happened was um, they 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 decided that. Um, or two summers ago, I should say, they decided that they really wanted to get in the TBT tournament. But the the issue was, you know, how do, are we going to qualify and all this stuff? And so, you know, I think what happened was we started, we, we had some t- uh, guys from, from Rucker that played in it. And, you know, this is last year. And, and obviously we were a little green with how, how to approach it. Um, and I think once they decided they really wanted to get in TBT, I just was all in from a media perspective, trying to help us any way we could. I don't, I don't think it really mattered, but uh, I really was like, because I always wanted to do it, and I didn't, I, I, I didn't play that much in the Rucker to the point where I was like, I, I really wanted to prove myself. And if they were willing to have me back, especially for the TBT, I was like, really, I really wanted to play well enough to at least um, make it you know, not embarrass myself. So then in 2016, you joined the team fancy team for TBT. Right. And as we were talking about earlier, I mean, they came a little bit shorthanded. You ended up playing a lot of minutes. I played a lot of minutes and, uh, we were, we were down a lot in that game. And it was, a, it, I could tell you, Dan, it was one of the cooler, one of the coolest, I could say basketball experiences for me because, I mean, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Well, just because I wasn't expecting it. And we had guys getting foul trouble, and uh, our guards, uh, our point guard wasn't playing very well. And, and Griffin said, "I need you to make some shots. Go." So I went in there and just 
try not to embarrass myself. <laughs> I'm looking at the box score right now. I just pulled it up. So you guys played Talladega Nights last year in right. Philly. Right, they had a couple pros. Yeah, they had Talladega Nights is Josh Boone. It was a lottery pick. Uh, Ty Nash, who won TPT in 2014. Gary, Gary Forbes, Forbes played at UMass. I mean, this is a, Carlton Scott played Gary at Notre Forbes Dame. Forbes started for the Nets. Yes. I mean, this is a really good team. So, you know, you ended up playing 11 minutes in that game, drained a three, two for two from the line, uh, grabbed a rebound. How many uh, assists? You had two assists. All right. And to- a total of five points. You know, yeah, I, 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 and I took a charge on Gary Forbes. You, yes. <laughs> took a charge and i think committed four personal fouls if i'm not mistaken right, I, I, we, at some point we went into the hack boon oh my gosh this is great so we had so, a foul josh boone who for some, for some reason hit every damn free throw he hit basically yeah he was yeah he was on fire actually uh he played great i mean he looked like a lottery pick yeah um so that experience last year with fancy i mean in a lot of ways mirrored i think what i would expect your college scenario was like you know like right, a preferred exactly. walk-on status some games you may have to play 10 or 12 minutes whatever i mean was that was that was it like flashback time for you exactly right especially um considering the fact that you know there's just better players ahead of me you know like you know i it's not like i'm i was upset not to play that much i just i just knew i wasn't at the same level now there were times in college where it was really frustrating because i felt like i i should have been playing more um, but there were also times in college where I understood it, um, both at both at Seattle U and Occidental. Uh, and exactly right. It's like you you come in and you're ice cold, but your role is to not make mistakes, uh, make threes, uh, pass the ball well, move the ball, um, and and be like a tough defender because I'm just not laterally very quick. So it's it's just all of these all of these things were flashbacks for me. And the only difference was that. Uh, the, the I mean, the level of competition, even last year, obviously, was incredibly high. And I knew it was going to be high. I think it was even better than I thought it would be. So then in 2017, and we were talking about this before we started, but from the moment the ball was tipped in your first game on Saturday, Fancy had this intensity that I always tell everybody is necessary. Like if you're not 100% into this These from the moment the ball was yeah. And so it was really apparent. I mean, can you talk a little bit about that in, in terms of like what was going on on the bench and, and sort of set the stage for us there? Well, you guys, you guys had that great Iona game with with Syracuse, the second round. That was a crazy game, and then you had you had a, you had a couple great games in Philly, if I'm not mistaken, right? Oh yeah, I mean they were, I mean like four or five. Yes, yeah, at least on Saturday, oh, I mean, and then su- Sunday, almost all of them were great. Exactly, yeah. So um, just taking you back a little bit, we we had we had one practice then uh, the week before in New York with with the whole team. Uh, minus Ryan Pearson, and we, we we basically just played for like an hour and a half, and it's obviously a lot of the, some of the guys have played together, but nobody had really played with Scott Machado, uh, nobody had really played with um, uh, Shane wasn't there, and nobody had really played. Some of the guys hadn't played with um, Zamal, and so we, it was kind of a uh, like how do this like who's going to handle the ball? I mean, all these in the scrimmage. Because the point guards went at it, yeah. But what what we realized, I think, really soon was we had two of the best players in the tournament, and Delroy and Scott, and we had um, enough size, especially if Kyle wasn't in foul trouble. Or if we didn't necessarily have to throw the ball in there, but if we did, we could we could spread the floor and make shots. But all of this was was only going to matter if we if we went at it and we went after each other. And so what happened in the practice was everybody 
like went really hard. And I was surprised. I, I really, I, I thought it would be a good practice and everybody would kind of play hard, but everybody was really hard and physical. So when we got in the game against Ryder in the first round, and then especially against Villanova, there was just a, a really clear message of let's play together and let's just really try to play hard and, and, and guard. Because if you, if you can get stops, as you know, Dan, especially in a, in a tournament, you're going to, you're going to have a chance. It was just really, it was apparent. I mean, I, I, the thing about the Ryder game, obviously was a tough one. Jason Thompson, eight year, nine year NBA vet, uh, playing for that yeah. Ryder alumni team. Uh, but Delroy James, you know, seemed to match him. Oh, he was great. Yeah. I mean, that was a really an awesome matchup. And, and Scott Machado was going to ask you about this too. And I'm wondering if this was something that you guys ever talked about in the locker room at all was, uh, the subject of a major recruiting battle between Fancy and Iona and right. uh, his alma mater yeah. and ends up going with Fancy. Was that was that anything that anybody ever talked about? Yes, yeah. It, it, it was actually a lot. I, see, see, this is the great thing about TVT, Dan, is like these stories are just unbelievable. And I didn't even know it. I just figured, well, we got Scott because he's a local guy and he played at Iona and obviously he's a great player. But I didn't know. What happened was obviously Iona has this really good – um alumni team but glover is also iona yep so we have mike and scott and then you have other guys that didn't play for iona so what happened was a few weeks back apparently iona reached out to scott really aggressively saying we really want you to play with us and scott being the guy that i've known now for a week is is an incredible guy and was very classy about it but said you know, I'm looking at your team. I don't really know these players, and I'm just not sure it gives me the best chance to win because um, I'm because I'm getting recruited by Fancy, and they have a lot of different players in terms of really high level talent, bigs, guys that can shoot it, and obviously, uh, you know, they they've kind of thought about this more. So it, I'm not sure how hard of a decision it was because he was really intent on playing with us, but I I think it did bother him that he you know, couldn't play for his alma mater. Amazing. Well, it's going to be a great matchup on Thursday night. I mean, I think when you look at it in broad strokes, and I'm sure, you know, you've thought about this maybe as a as a writer, but, you know, you've got the the Big East, well, obviously ACC now, but the Big East versus Rucker right. Park. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to be an amazing exactly. game. It's exactly. going to be an absolutely amazing game on Thursday night. We, we ruined the Villanova at Syracuse thing for you. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I guess in a way, but there's no, I mean, there's really no ruining it. I mean, at this stage, it's like, you know, you're going to see unbelievable basketball that's played at an incredibly high level, uh, no matter who's playing in the round of 16. So from that perspective, it's it's going to be awesome. But honestly, like, you know, have you thought about that in terms of, you know, what your team yeah. kind of represents, where they play? As you said, you know, it's a Rucker Park type team. They play in the pro circuit in, in New York uh, versus, you know, what may be, you know, the most well-organized and well-supported alumni team in TBT it's that's been the message like that was kind of the same thing with Villanova to a lesser degree but just like you got all these New York guys that a lot of guys that were under under recruited and overachieved versus the Villanova team that has Reynolds from the national title team uh, you know and then Scotty Reynolds from the final four team and all these different players and um you know the name brand and it was like let's just come out and like show them what New York basketball is all, all about and I'm the only one that's not really from New York <laughs> But I've been around New York now enough, so I appreciated what they were saying. They were saying, you know, it's a battle of us versus, uh, you know, Villanova, who's got the, the the big name. And it's the same thing with Syracuse. And that was some of the motivating factor, Dan, was let's get back to Brooklyn, LAU Brooklyn, which is going to be a great facility for this. Let's get back there and, and let's 
let's show them what like real New York basketball is all about. Because Syracuse, especially now, they have a lot of these young guys that probably feel like they should be in the NBA. And, you know, for whatever reason, aren't. But our, our, our team is, is, has definitely got that chip on the shoulder and has found a way to really, really stay together, especially in the Villanova game when, Dan, we, you know, they went on a run. And, and what really impressed me was nobody got down on one another, uh, which, which was really, really cool because I've, you saw the Villanova bench. They, they, were not, they were not getting along. It was amazing to watch. Well, remember that you can catch TBT's Super 16 game featuring Team Fancy versus Bayheim's Army live on ESPN2 on Thursday, the 20th. That game, I think, will be at 7.15, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, round 7, 7.15, there'll be a game right before them featuring Team Foe and the Untouchables. Jordan, thanks again for your time. Really appreciate you joining us. Uh, anything you're looking forward to seeing in the Super 16? Any yeah. teams Yeah, I am. Well, I, I'm really looking forward <clears throat> to seeing the just how, like, you tell me, but hasn't the level of intensity from, from last year to this year actually jumped, but we weren't in the Sweet 16, the Super 16 last year. I'm... It, it, it seemed to jump from the first two rounds to that and then especially to the final four. Right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just by the time you get to the second day, it's just unbelievable. You know, if you come out flat at all, you're, next thing you're you know, done. you're down by 30 points and you're, <laughs> you're done. Especially and now. Yeah. It's and so, so cool. you know, the, the best teams are the ones that are intense from the get. And Play yeah, and, you know, and the team that uh, honestly is amazing, though, and I hope that most people will get a chance to watch them. They're playing on Friday night. Uh, is overseas elite. It seems like every game they're down by ten plus points. They don't panic. They 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 ratchet up. You know their own intensity, and they inevitably make a run. Uh, that matchup that they have with um, the USF alumni team, the Tampa Bulls, on Friday is going to be amazing to see. Dominic I think Jones. as well. Yeah, that's a really good team. Their team, I I was I liked seeing was the uh, the team with Eric Maynard. Oh, the, the VCU, VCU team. Yeah. yeah, that team was really good. Yeah, I mean, but th- but this is the point about TBT is like. You have small schools with their alumni teams, and you know they they have just they have a, as good a shot as anybody. Well, I think that's the beauty of it, you know. And part of it too, you know, by the nature of you know who's kind of able to play in the event and who's not, is that some of the times the teams that maybe don't have you know a history of lottery picks, uh, for example, um, are almost better off because you do have the ability to get your best guys to play. And by the same token, teams that are smart about how they're organizing, how they're building themselves, like Team Fancy. Um, getting the right guys to play rather than just going after a name uh, is really the most important part and the key to success. Yeah, yeah, that's that's absolutely right. And just to close on it, you know, A, uh, Dan, is that y- what you guys have done is unbelievable. I mean, it's the the basketball, the the quality, the organization, everything about it is seamless and and excellent. And and secondly, what's what's been really cool for us, and we, we've talked about it, is just how. Like it, it's it's gives guys a chance who maybe aren't as well known guys like a Delroy or a Scott uh, or Shane on our team, Pearson, Jalen can and Kyle Hunt. It gives all these guys an opportunity, forget about the money, but just to come back and play in this tournament with this type of type of exposure. And it's just, it's a very, very special thing. Well, I appreciate you saying that Jordan. And uh, I think that night on Thursday is gonna be very special in New York. Thanks again. And uh, Jordan, I'll see you in New York. My pleasure. Thanks, Dan. All right.